They've been featured on Forbes. They've been featured on Vogue. The Shade Room. You saw them on the Black Panther campaign. You saw them on the Lion King animated movie campaign. They got a big one coming up here in a couple weeks with a big movie coming out. I ain't gonna say which one it is yet because you got to watch the interview to find out. It's NDA signing this thing. You know what I mean? That's right. We're talking with Paco Ascendo, the founder of Mizizi Shop, the CEO of Mizizi Shop. This is Stuck in Middle Podcast. I'm your host, Reflex. It's an incredible conversation, man. Great guy. Y'all don't want to miss it. The intro is going to roll. We're going to get right into it. Let's get it. So Paco, uh, what is what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Let's start right there. Man, are we really jumping into it? <laughs> um, the best piece of advice I've ever been given, or at least one that's pretty prevalent in my life right now is trust but validate. I mm. think I have a habit of giving people the benefit of the doubt um, and, and trusting them, but at the end of the day, you need to also validate that trust. People can talk, talk, but can they walk the walk too? Mm. Um, and I feel like that 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 one-liner just reminds me to make sure that like, although people, what they say might look good and look pretty, make sure that they follow through. Yeah, especially, you know, building a brand and business like what you've been able to build with Mizizi. Uh, you were actually studying biomedical science in order to become a pharmacist. In, yes, in Texas and then so in Florida I should say and then somewhere in between that journey Mizizi happened mm-hmm. walk us through <laughs> that <laughs> so back in high school was the first time I'd ever had dived into like fashion or clothing I've always been pretty lucrative growing up I've always done like odd jobs for money whether mm-hmm. it was selling candy or being my apartments like trash valet um, I've always just found little ways to just to, to make some extra put some extra cash in my pocket. Um, when I was in high school, I went through this whole graffiti drawing phase where I was just making a bunch of graffiti art. Mm-hmm. And one of the designs that I'd made, I had really liked. It, it was called ice cream, and it was like three different ice cream cones, and they were all melting. But it was going to the graffiti that said like ice cream, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was just whatever. But <laughs> I loved that design, and I did a whole bunch of research figuring out like okay what options i have in regards to printing in regards to quality in regards to fabric um and that was like my first kind of like taste of i guess fashion or Mm -hmm. just like the business of fashion um i made one shirt but i never sold it or anything it was just uh it wasn't feasible at the time so Mm -hmm. um going into college going to the university of south florida i didn't have any idea what i wanted to do with my life um, I figured that pharmacy was a, it's a secure route. It's a safe route. It's a chill ass job. So I thought, um, and I, I didn't have to see blood, right? Like I, blood makes me queasy. So I figured this was something that was secure, paid well, and it was, it was breezy. Um, but was it something you wanted to do though? Like, you know, so your parents were like, Hey, we need a pharmacy doctor in the, in the family. So my mom, it's always been my mom and she's never been super like, um, she's never been super stern and always let me kind of bump my head and figure out what it is that I wanted to do. She mm-hmm. would just like support and back me up with whatever direction that I'm going in. But she, she'll be quick to tell me like, okay, here are the pros and cons. And if it's not something that she recommends, then she's going to make it known that she's, she's not feeling it. Um, but no, like it, it was, pharmacy was all my choice. In high school, I took some classes to become a pharmacy technician. Um, I had gotten my my certification. Um, my sophomore year of college at USF, I ended up taking time off of school and mm. working at um, a retail pharmacy 
as a pharmacy tech for a little bit. And that's wherever I really realized that this is not what I want to do. Um, but let, let me rewind a bit. So Mizizi was first um, conceived my freshman year at USF. I, I was really lonely. I was trying to figure out um, a way to make friends. This one Kenyan kid who, who really inspired me, he would come into the dining hall and would have, um, it would pretty much be the same thing that we wear over here in the States, but have Kenyan fabric stitched into it. Mm. Like the pockets, the sleeves, pants, it, literally everything from head to toe. Um, and no, being from Texas, I knew that I had a lot of friends back home that would rock with it. Um, so it was like a passion project. I started working on it, um, started working on some designs. After the end of my freshman year, I tried to find a manufacturer. Uh, I went to New York, realized, I, I was trying to find a manufacturer that do everything from start to finish, from like um, like product design and ideation yeah, all the yeah, way yeah. through log logistics and distribution. But the manufacturers that I found were all just trying to charge me too much, or they told me I was trying to do too much. So from there, that's whenever I was like, okay, let me let me downsize. Let me pick one idea. Maybe I am doing too much. What is the one idea out of all of these that I've, I've designed and drawn that I, I'm no designer. I didn't draw them, but like I had somebody mm -hmm. draw them. But out of all these ideas, what is the one that I know will be the most successful? And this was during like the baseball jersey trend was going on. Literally every retailer had their own baseball jerseys. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Like I've never seen an Africa baseball jersey. I have this design. Let, let's see where I can take this. Um, and that's whenever after that freshman summer, I took time off of school because I was really, really lonely at USF. Like I, mm. I, I just, I couldn't make friends. Um, or I couldn't make very many friends. And that time off, I was working at C or CVS as a pharmacy tech and really just trying to figure out like, okay, what is it that I wanted to do with my life? Do I want to go back to USF? Do I want to transfer to a new school? Do I want to go to a school in Texas? Um, and ultimately I ended up saying, all right, fuck it. Let me just finish out what I already started. Um, so my sophomore spring semester, I went back to Tampa. Um, it, it was a rough semester for me. I was couch surfing for a bit um, and my grades were slipping. All my relationships were breaking down around me and it, it was just bad. So by the end of that semester, I ended up going to Orlando. I had a friend that I grew up with that he was currently attending University of Central Florida. Um, two hour drive from Tampa. Um, ended up staying the entire summer with him. He let me kick it on his couch too. During that time, I was trying to, I was trying to find another manufacturer. Everybody else finding was too expensive. So from there, I was like, okay, let me figure out how to sell the product um, and do as much research as possible. And then from there I can pitch the idea to any other brands and see if they'll do actually do like the hard work, but I still make money off royalties off the idea mm. uh, and, and show them just like, all right, this is how you go about selling it. This is where the markets are at. Well, so, what was the first, what was the first uh, baseball? What was the first Mizizi joint that you actually printed out and, you know, like put it out for people to buy? So the first, you remember? Collection, the first yeah. collection that we, that I launched was um black africa or like a black africa baseball jersey um ghana nigeria ethiopia eritrea um kenya and egypt and that was because i was i did my research and i was figuring out which countries had the biggest like populations within the united states and had the biggest communities out here and i, I deduced it was down to those countries but, For Damn, that's 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 like a lot you know going in it's like yo i'm just gonna hit a lot of different you know lines and I I did my first go i wanted to make sure that like i made an imprint like i made an impact i was mm -hmm. loud how did it do 
we went viral or we went like semi-viral. If you go back yeah. to a lot of our old original tweets or a lot of our old pictures, um, we used to tell people to tag somebody who's from this um, country or, or mm -hmm. location. And everybody has a friend. I think a, I think I was one of the first, 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 like <laughs> yeah, Cameroon. Cameroon joint. It dropped maybe three months into Mzizi. Yeah, um, we launched in August. We we released the Cameroon joint in I want to say November 2015. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. it was one of one of the first drops that we had had. Going into it, you know what I mean? Like, especially, you know, you mentioned in at Florida and, you know, just moving around, not being able to build strong relationships and, you know, friendships like that. Were you like, okay, I'm going to do this and I can't really find any, you know, manufacturers, people who want to take it from the ground up and I just, I just rip benefits. Were you thinking like, I can do this on my own or you, you sought out, you know, co-founders and people to, you know, kind of like build a brand together. You were just like, this is my idea. I'm just going to run with it and find people to, you know, do what, I can't do. So the homie who inspired me to start the brand, his name was George. He is Kenyan. Mm -hmm. um, he was originally supposed to be one of my co-founders, but from the jump, he wasn't putting in as much like energy into researching or like he just had a bunch of different other endeavors that he was juggling at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that Mazizi wasn't one that even from the beginning, if you're not pouring effort into it, then I know that as, as things progress, it's not going to get any better. Right. Um, so I'd ask for his blessing if I can just take the idea and run and he gave it to me and from there on I was just like alright uh, this is this is me like I, I'm gonna mm -hmm. be doing this myself um, so I never outside of George I never really thought about like um, having a co-founder or running the business with somebody else mm -hmm. at what at, at what point if any did you think you I need investors and are you at the point right now where you think you need investors or you like yo we we're doing pretty good <laughs> we're, we're doing pretty good. Um, Azizi's been self, outside of my mom, who's like our angel investor. Mm -hmm. She was the one who, who invested the first 6,000 to the company so that I could actually get started. Mm -hmm. um, and she's the one who, who's always been like that back background support of like pouring cash into us whenever we need it. Mm -hmm. But for the, for the most part, Mazizi's pretty self-sustaining. Um, we're mm -hmm. not really looking for outside capital at the moment. Right. But when we're at that point, yeah, um, I read that you actually were able to retire her and she works for Mizizi now. I guess that's the payback. Have you been able to pay her back her 6K? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, and it wasn't like a smooth, like clean cut retirement. It was more so she had, she had quit her previous job and mm -hmm. at her age, she wasn't, um, she, Jobs are just aren't looking for for older black women right now, right, um, right. especially with ones who have like degrees that are or older are becoming a little bit more obsolete. Mm -hmm. um, so it took a little time before she she just started doing more and more work from Azizi until the point mm -hmm. where like all right, well, she she came to the conclusion that she'd rather be if she's going to be spending any more energy or pouring any anything into anybody, it might as well be her son and her son's business versus mm -hmm. a corporation or a company that doesn't treat her well. Yeah, growing up, did you know your mom or dad, anybody, you know, saying like ever, you know, instilling to you that entrepreneurial mindset, or this is just something that you just, you know, grew into it and just found that it's it's, it's you. I think it, it around you. I think it was my friends. So I lived in Columbus, Ohio, from like two years old to ten years old, but the friends that I had made there had they they left a pretty significant impact on me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was through them that I, I kind of gained that entrepreneurial um, 
just like itch yeah, because yeah. we used to, we used to <laughs> we used to have a lot of just random endeavors um we made like we had this one magazine called the the kqn kids quarterly news and like every <laughs> week we'd print out just like random ass stories um that we found interesting and then would sell them we, we made sure that we printed it on like the good good paper mm-hmm. um and then we'd sell it for like a quarter and like it was never profitable but it was just one of those little things that like um we saw that we could take business into our own hands you've been you've been around the states so you your, your name you're from ghana i am uh you do you how many siblings do you have it's just me were you born uh, born born in the states or back in ghana so i was born in new york um and then from there i moved to ohio and then from ohio i moved to texas and texas went to school in florida and after i graduated in florida now i'm back in school or i'm back home in texas uh how what was the last time you've been to ghana Bro, honestly, since I was like a legit, since I was a kid, <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. Like you know, saying still having that connection, you know, saying to 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 back home with the brand Mizizi, which actually speak about the name and you know the choice of you know choosing the name Mizizi and where does that originate from? Oh, it's it's actually Swahili, mm-hmm. um, and it means roots. Whenever I was first coming up with that the idea of the name, I was with George, and I was just going through a list of words that. Um, were just like related to Africa or like diaspora and I was just writing them all down and as we we're going through them he was translating them into Swahili so whenever we got down to roots and I heard Mzizi I was like okay <laughs> I was like I like this one mm-hmm. this, this is the one um, and yeah I stuck it and ran with it what was the what was the runner up <laughs> Okay, it, it don't even matter at this point huh? Ooh, I don't even remember <laughs> to be honest I was like I don't think there was one. I think that after I heard Mzizi, I was just like, all right, nothing else compares. Like this yeah, one is yeah. smooth, they were strong, and like it has meaning. Yeah, so. yeah. Now I think I think Mzizi, Mzizi is it. Where where is Mzizi? Where is the manufactured? Like where is the clothes manufactured? So we are currently manufactured in Asia, um, China to be specific. But mm-hmm. we are move. We're expanding our manufacturing network. I just got back from Pakistan. Um, literally two weeks ago so i was locking in a new manufacturer out there and then we want to expand into the continent um but that's also been easier said than done yeah 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 but, uh, the, goal is, the goal is to bring manufacturing back home um and to be able to put money back in our people's pockets so you know starting starting a brand you know and then scaling it is is one thing to start a brand and then scaling this is another thing you know what i mean you were able to scale within the first year first six months really of starting a brand and launching in 2015 and then by 2016 you being you know covered it around the world with everybody who is not in the diaspora from the continent africa like yo this is this is tying me back to home and i can represent home and not you know carry a flag you know like it's clothing it's apparel how do you think that came about in your own words being able to scale that fast or being able to scale apparel because it's not easy at all i feel like the idea was just i think it was a mixture of time i think that um like afropolitan is is we're in a time where it's been pop culture is becoming pop culture or becoming more more um, on the forefront of pop mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. and it's the attitudes is just shifting especially in the states um I also think that man, honestly, I'm just blessed. <laughs> honestly, I'm just blessed. This is this is my first like real deal business. Um, 
this is I've been doing it for all of my 20s I don't have business mentors I never went to business like classes um, so I can say I think this that and the third was what happened or why I was successful but then the, the day it's, it's really just a blessing just favor mm. what does it take to build a, a, a brand you know what I mean like and then it withstand the changes of culture and technology I think it's one is easier said than done um, I think there's a lot of that uh, I forgot how that like static versus noise analogy went but you recognize that a lot of things are just kind of like trendy for the time mm -hmm. um, a lot of things don't they they have their moment they have their momentum their spotlight but then they pass um, and I think a lot of times a lot of people kind of especially when it comes to fashion you get caught up in that rat race of trying to be on the forefront of what's trendy mm -hmm. um, and I think when it comes to Mazizi, we just have a an original product that is sports is timeless right like people mm -hmm. people play sports literally all throughout history so there's always going to be a market for merchandise for sports um and the fact that we're we're adding that extra layer of identity and culture to it just makes it that much more i don't know if original is the word that i want to use but mm -hmm. i think it, it's what kind of sets us apart mm -hmm. um so yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing of like being able to ignore trends and focus on a product that is something that is timeless, that is classic. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I respect that. Listen, it's no secret that Mizizi is it's out here. What was, you know saying? Like, what was the biggest check that you just cashed out? I'm like, yo, let me just look at this. <laughs> so uh, I ain't gonna say exact numbers, but whenever I was 20, I was, whenever I was 19, um, I wrote a check out to myself by my 21st birthday um, that I'd reach a certain amount mm -hmm. and or at least a certain amount in sales not necessarily uh, net profit mm -hmm. but yeah so I, I wrote that to myself I prayed over it I put it away I didn't think much of it um, but like my 21st birthday was about five months after I launched Mazizi and mm -hmm. that January I, I had just gotten my tax returns back and I had looked at the amount that I had of, of um, gross income that I had done for the year or those five, six months with Mazizi so far. And it's just crazy that I actually reached that amount that I had written on that check two years mm -hmm. prior to. Mm -hmm. Dang, that's, 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 that's a blessing for real. It, you know what I mean? It, one thing about, you know, this platform stuck in the middle is, you know, that, that name stuck in the middle is that there, we had like success stories and, you know, some people building brands, people being innovative and creative, but it's not always, you know, easy. The road is not always, you know, uh, smoothly no. paved. Talk about those struggles, man. What, what has been the, the biggest struggle specifically getting this brand off the road to where it is today as you're speaking to us today? Man... There is always new challenges after after you put out one fire there's always another one that pops up mm -hmm. um in the beginning was manufacturing and finding like an actual reliable manufacturer at a at affordable price point to where i could actually make um actually have margins and after i was able to like figure out that puzzle piece by the time we launched the next piece was like logistics and shipping and distribution um we had sold it i i we had sold out of I had ordered about 210 jerseys total for the first launch. Mm -hmm. Sold out with those within a week. And this is while I was in Tampa. So I'm just like, I'm not about to package and run back and forth between the post office, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> carrying like maybe like 10, 20, 20 packages in my car and keep doing that back and forth. Like that's not, 
it's not efficient. And that's I, I'm in school, like I can't scale this way. Um, so I found a distribution center that was down the street. Come to find out, although they were they were they were a bit they were small business as well. So like as we grew and as we started adding more products, more variants, um, it, they just weren't able to handle it. So a lot of customers were starting to get like the wrong jerseys, wrong sizes. They were delayed. Um, even started having problems with my manufacturer to where they would they would stitch the wrong colors. And it was we've we've gone through a lot, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but one of the big, one of like the two biggest things that were like the biggest challenges for me to conquer was um just like the supply chain side so like uh manufacturing and production and then also logistics and distribution yeah how, how have you been able to stay resilient through the pandemic you know what i mean as a business it's a small business um so we've actually got shown a lot of love this this summer um between the civil unrest uh, a lot of people started showing love and like supporting with the black lives matter jersey or um, buying the Black Lives Matter jersey and, and wearing it out. And then rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But when he had passed, a lot of people started buying the Wakanda jerseys mm-hmm. and ripping those out and, and showing support for him that way. Um, and yeah, it was honestly just grace. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have no idea how we, because we didn't release this. We released one product in 2020 and that was our Sudanese soccer jersey on New Year's, like really mm-hmm. the first day of. 2020 but outside of that we didn't release any new products um so i really don't have like a smooth answer for how we we waded through the water but we made it to the other side yeah yeah speaking of the black lives matter and you know the wakanda jerseys uh and we're gonna get to that a little bit later uh it's it's in in your opinion you know what i mean because you know i I studied fashion started brand it's very difficult especially you know uh brand to patent patent branding how and have you have you run into any situation where you know somebody's like taking one of your you know brands or ideas and like say hey this is mine <laughs> um nothing no one was claimed like so we have copyright and trademark over our, over our designs mm-hmm. the logo all that so no one's ever claimed like one of our designs as theirs before but we do have we have inspired other brands mm-hmm. um to make jerseys representing countries. Um, I have ran into problems when when a previous manufacturer was marketing their business with our jerseys, but just taking off like the Mazizi on the back. Mm. Um, so th- there's there's been like a few ups and downs, but honestly, when people, when you are loud enough, when people know that you're the original, um, it only just kind of like, I don't know. I, I take ass flattery, yo. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. mind. And honestly, there's enough money out here for everybody to eat. So I'm really not tripping. I respect that. Love it. Love it. In 2018, you tweeted, you know what I mean, that you were going to collab with, that you were going to collab with Marvel in anticipation of the Black Panther movie that was coming out back then. Then launched a dope Black Panther jersey. Uh, how did that collab actually happen? Because I was, I was kind of like watching that, but I don't, I don't know the end of it. It was, it was, it was official. Um, we, we launched our officially licensed Wakanda jersey in May of 2018. And then the following year, we, we were part of the Lion King, um, the, the live action movie um, merchandise release. And we did that in summer of 2019 in July. And we have another one, another movie that we're working with that's coming up that we're launching at the end of this month. 
Hey man, I already know it's coming. It's like, nah, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Am I close? Am I close? Yeah, I'll say you might be. You might be die. <laughs> hey man, I, I know, I know the movie's not out yet, so Andy is in place. But Black Panther and you know Lion King are out, so you know, just talk about that, man. Like, just share the experience and just what it meant for you and your team, really. Yeah, that was, honestly, that that's probably one of um, just our biggest trophies. Um, and this was 2017, whenever the Black Panther movie trailer had dropped, this was like October and everybody had hopped on Twitter talking about, Hey, yo, we should all wear traditional wear to the movie. Um, and then we had some people talking about Mazizi should wear, we should wear Mazizi jerseys. And then we had other people who were talking about, no, Mazizi just needs to make a jersey for it. So after I'd heard that, I was just like, I love the idea, but you know what I'm saying? This is, this is Marvel and this is Black Panther. This is a huge ass movie there's no way that they'll be willing to work with a three-year-old Black-owned business. Mm -hmm. uh, but I started doing more research, started figuring out like, okay, what are the holes in Marvel's marketing? Where, how can Mazizi be the solution? Um, who are their merchandisers? What is the quality of the product? How do we compare? And just doing as much research as possible so that I could position ourselves as the answer. Um, so by December, I had sent over a pitch to their, their licensing team. They told me no. They told me that they already have merchandisers who are make, already making products and they don't need any more. Um, and after a bit of exchange, a bit of back and forth, eventually they told me like, hey, yo, if you release anything with Marvel IP on it, um, we'll have to take legal action. Mm. It's like, okay, let me, let me stop poking the bear. Let me go through a different route because um, I, I don't want to burn any bridges before I even got on them hose, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, from there, we still, we made this whole like, um, it's easy for Marvel campaign to where we created a, a mock-up, like a fake Black Panther jersey or what it would look like. Um, we dropped a video on social media and we we're like, hey, yo, we can't release this jersey, but if you want it, you know what I'm saying? Tag Marvel and let them know that this is this is what you want. That there is proof of concept. Um, so that, that did really well as well. Um, it kind of went viral. It got picked up by the shade room, but all throughout this time, like they were still telling us no. Um, so February comes around, the movie is dropping at the end of February. And I was just like, okay, last efforts. Um, we're going to rent out the movie theater and show, show the black, black Panther people that we're still supporting regardless. And that like, we're going to try to get as many people to come out and watch the movie with us. Um, and we had a whole Mazizi movie night to where we were like, hey, yo, if you have a Mazizi jersey, you don't have to pay for your ticket. Just come and kick it and watch the movie with us. And if you don't have a jersey, like five bucks and you can get in to watch with us anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so that did well. Um, sent all of, the, all of our efforts over to them. They were still telling us no. So throughout this entire time, like from October to, to February, I had been finding people on LinkedIn who worked at Marvel. Um, and just like reaching out to them and just be like, hey, yo, I am Paco Sando. This is easy. This is what we're trying to do. Is there anybody that you can recommend I talk to to make it happen? And a lot of people ignored me. I'm pretty sure they're, they, they I'm pretty sure that they talked about me and called me that annoying kid and they met <laughs> at some point. Um, but there's, there's eventually I was able to get a response back. Someone gave me an email for a lady at Disney, ended up emailing her. And within a week's time, she had emailed me saying she loved my tenacity ambition. Can I hop on the phone in two hours? And I hopped on the phone with her. And then in two days, I was in LA talking to Disney's consumer products team 
trying mm. to figure out how we can make the Black Panther jersey a real thing. Sheesh, I ain't even gonna ask you what a check was like after all them endeavors, but <laughs> I'm sure it was worth it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely, it's it's not even like they were cutting us a check. We actually have to pay more in order to, to produce the jersey because we have mm. to pay them for the license. No, yeah, I get it. Um, but it's definitely a legitimizer. I definitely mm. think that people saw that and were like, okay, like, Mzizi is for real. They're here to stay. Um, and they got that major cosign. Yeah. As a founder and CEO of Mzizi, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you you kind of wear a couple of different hats now. And it's been launched since 2015. What is this now? Six years? Six years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep, six yep. years. I'm sure your role has changed. What, 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 what do you, what do you, what do you function as now these days? It's <laughs> uh, a great question. Um, <laughs> I think um, I'm, I've, as the team is kind of growing, or as we have more moving parts, I'm seeing myself um, more eating into like the manager role, mm-hmm. making sure that we're reaching all deadlines, making sure everything's happening on time, making sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and then outside of that, I still, I still have a heavy hand when it comes to like design, uh, not even designing. Cause I just come up with the concepts. Like our mm-hmm. designer, he's in Ghana. He's the one who, who makes the magic happen and, and brings like a dope idea to life mm-hmm. from there. I'm the one who just kind of like, okay, can we tweak this or can we pull, can we move this? Can we add this and just add like slight, slight changes. Um, I, but I do have a heavy hand in like, um, I guess the overall creative concepts, I'll do what I can to learn as much as I can about a country's culture, whether it be from the past or current and modern pop culture um, and finding like all the little nuances and ways that we can incorporate it to make sure that people know that we are talking to people from these communities and that we're not just like blindly shooting like we were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely, definitely, definitely much appreciated. Uh, let's talk about marketing strategy you mentioned. 2020, you know, you dropped one line, a serial joint, first top of the year. I'm sure you got cannons, you about to fire off 2021. <laughs> Talk about marketing strategy. How do you and your team consistently deliver, you know what I mean, a message that picks consumers' interests and people constantly, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, going to Mizizi to shop, you know, for the next jersey or the different kind of baseball, soccer, whatever you drop? Um, Consistent dope shit. That's always kind of been my mantra to make sure that we're putting out something that's that's remarkable, something that makes people want to talk or share about it. Um, granted, we a lot of in the past we've been very passive with our marketing, um, but now we just hired a digital ad, like digital ad agency, so we're going to be a bit more proactive this year with all of our campaigns to make sure that they do get the the exposure um, and have the money behind them to push the message as far as it can. But for the most part, like as long as you are putting out something dope, people are going to talk about it regardless, yo. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's just a matter of staying consistent. Mm-hmm. How do you think fashion consumption has changed, you know, in the last 10 years? I think that people aren't at... One, people are, are leaning more towards sustainability. People care about how they're, they're affecting the world. Um, people are buying... Well, I don't know. So I, I could say that luxury is dying, but at the same time, it's really not. <laughs> it's really, really not. But I do think that even luxury itself is is um, shifting to a more like streetwear esque mm-hmm. kind of model, to where people are just wanting to wear what's cozy. They yeah. they want to wear what's cozy, what's comfortable, but also looks good at the same time. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's why like athleisure is positioned in position to actually grow mm -hmm. or to scale further and further. Cause especially when it came to like Corona, everybody's in the house. Um, you can have a fly ass jacket on, but like if you're in the house, who's seeing it, right? Facts, facts. <laughs> facts. As, we, as we wind down a little bit of a different note here, um, I read that while you were, you know, in te Texas, Splinter, Texas, at one point in your life studying, you know, you mental health is actually one thing that you, uh, mental health and environment is one thing that you're passionate about. Uh, just speak, speak on that a little bit. Um, even just like coming home from Texas, it was just a, I don't know, it showed me that the, how much an environment can affect you or affect your attitudes, affect how you feel. Um, the time I took off of school, I was working as a server at Buffalo Wild Wings, as well mm -hmm. as a pharmacy tech on the weekends at mm -hmm. CVS. And when I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings, I could work a double shift. I could work a 14-hour shift and still be willing to go out and party with friends and wake up the next morning. Uh, yeah, I'll be hungover, I'll be a little tired, but I'm gonna still come to work and I'm gonna still feel like, okay, I can take on the day. Mm -hmm. When it came to working at the pharmacy, um, it was just a lot more draining. My shifts were shorter. They were either four hours or eight hours, like on the dot, but mm. um, I don't know. I, I really just didn't enjoy it. It made life feel so much slower. And it just, it wasn't, it didn't feel healthy. It didn't mm. feel conducive to my health. Um, mm. So that's whenever I got the first taste of like, oh, wow. So like your coworkers, the environment, people, the conversations that you have, the, the work that you're doing really does have an effect on your mood and, and how you even perceive the world. Um, and then from there, like, I've always just been very cognizant about how my environment or my the people I'm talking to, the conversations that I'm having, um, do affect me and I don't know like even now I'm in therapy I go bi-weekly um, and I make sure that I'm still able to balance that that line between recognizing that I am a human being just here to live and that like I'm no different than anybody else but I'm also like in a position to where I know I'm blessed I know I'm favored I know that I'm in a position to where I can create like major change and impact in this world um, and that I'm here to do great things. And I think that therapy itself has really helped me balance those two dualities. Yeah, man. What, uh, what celebrity would you <laughs> <laughs> want to be the brand ambassador for Miss Easy? Well, two, let me just say two celebrities. Would you most want to be brand ambassador for Miss Easy? Oh, celebrity, celebrity, celebrity. <laughs> That's a hard one, yo, because... If one thing like Lizzie has taught me is that not everybody are as they as they appear. Mm -hmm, a lot of celebrities, athletes, socialize, um, and yeah, some some just aren't what, what you expect. But if I were to name some off the top of my head, I'm a huge Whiskey fan, so mm -hmm. I definitely want Whiskey to be one of our, our brand ambassadors. Um, who else? I really, I, I'm, I'm kind of open. I'm really mm -hmm. open because I'm realizing that there's Africans in literally crooks and nannies of everything in this world. You nice. find them in, in the most random places and the most random positions. Um, and I'm recognizing that like, it's the people who, it's not even like the big stars or anything, but it's the, the people who have um, like those small intimate communities that, that actually make the most impact within them. 
Yeah. Hey man, uh, I got I got a round of questions here. You know, that, you know the answer is gonna be rapid, but before that, I want to say I really appreciate the mountain. You know what I mean? On, on this show right here, this is fire. So I, I really appreciate that. The detail. It's not it's not one of the big things that Cameroon is known for, but it's this right here is like if you know, you know. So you did you did your thing on the research on that. So yeah, shout out shout out to you. We're definitely planning on on remaking a new Cameroon jersey, maybe including like the the. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. The Tonga print. Yeah, yeah, Togo, um, Togo, yeah. Togo print, but we'll we'll see. I know there's a lot going on in Cameroon right now. Yeah. Um. So we're kind of uh, <laughs> not not touching it until things kind of stabilize. But wise, wise, wise. Because <laughs> <laughs> even that, even with a Togo, there's some division there. But yeah, man. Uh, what is your favorite Ghanaian dish? Okay. Kinky. Ooh, yeah. I never had kinky, but I heard a lot about it. Who inspires you the most? Um, my mom. my mom. What what country in Africa would you want to go to right now, just to chill, just to like you know, just decompress, chill? Madagascar. Madagascar. I really, I really heard a lot about how beautiful the island is, and like, I feel like it's one of those things that people know for the movie, but not actually for for like the people. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I want to go there. What uh, what country have you been to? Where it's like. There's a lot of business in the continent. There's a lot of business opportunities here. South Africa. Um, we went to Joburg for for Afropunk Paris for mm-hmm. Afropunk Johannesburg, um, and the business is definitely there. That that how the attitude or just how we were received was was really really well. It's just a matter of um, manufacturing at a yeah. price point and like fitting having a product that actually fits the market. Yeah. What's the last book you read? What are you currently reading? Last book I read was Growth IQ by her name is Tony something, um, and that just talks about like the different uh, growth paths that a business can go or can endeavor, and which one that leader should choose to take or which time. Um, the next book that I'm reading, uh, I just bought Reed Hastings' audiobook. Um, no, no rules, rules. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the CEO of Netflix. So it just talks about like the Netflix culture and how he grew the company. Man, dope, dope, dope stuff, man. Listen, we appreciate you kicking it with us, man. Uh, this has been an incredible, incredible conversation. Paco Ascendo. Uh, hope I, I hope I didn't butcher it. <laughs> I know, you hit that. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. This is, listen, man, I'm a fan of the product. I'm a fan of the brand. But we couldn't do it here in the studio. But, you know, you're doing your thing. Shout out to the whole team. Again, right. appreciate you for kicking it with us. It's Stuck in Middle Podcast. Right. How can the people reach you? How can they connect with you? The brand is out there already, but you know, somebody who is otherwise unfamiliar, how can they reach you? How can they connect with you? All that good stuff. If you want to reach me directly, um, it's just my name across all social media platforms at Paco Asando. Um, you can literally Google Mazizi if you want to find us. You can find us everywhere, whether it be Forbes or Vogue, Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're all even holler at the t- our, our team members temi kwesi ken rebecca mazizi mama everybody's friendly everybody would love to to get to know y'all and yeah just holler at us sir hey listen if you enjoy what you heard what you watched hit the subscribe button to ring us so you get updates every time we drop something new like this 
Uh, if you want to write for us, sitmpodcast237 at gmail.com is the email. We're at Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that great stuff. Appreciate the whole team, AK, Ma, Chiri, uh, Ines, for making this happen. I am your host, Reflex. We're going to see y'all in a couple of days with a new Couch Talk episode hosted by Soul Charles. This one is dope. Y'all don't miss it. Please do not miss it. Hey, man, Paco, bro. We're going to link up again. Thank you again, bro. Thank you. My guy, Reflex. It was a pleasure talking to you, fam. And we out. Here we out.